Hello, and welcome to For the Plot Podcast, where you'll learn how to live your best life like the book characters you love. Because let's face it, reading is sexy. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to our podcast. Welcome back, everyone. I'm very excited for this episode. Yeah, I'm excited for this series, um, but it's Casey and Katie here. I'm Casey. I'm Katie. <laughs> and we're the hosts of For the Plot Podcast. Um, but welcome to today's episode, How to Live Your Life Like Hermione Granger. Very on theme with the fall. It's going to be good. I'm excited. <laughs> it's just so fall vibes. It's I know. Perfect. I agree. I'm excited. But before we get started, Katie, what are you currently reading? I'm still reading The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes by Suzanne Collins, Hunger Games number zero. I have been reading a ton this week. Um, so I'm about, I think, like 70% through, if I can remember my Goodreads percentage correctly. Um, but I just got to the third part and I just, I'm so hooked. I just want to know what happens. And it's just so cool seeing the, I mean, I grew up on Hunger Games. So then reading more about it and like how the Hunger Games became the t- the hunger, the type of Hunger Games it was in the first three books. So I'm really enjoying it so far and I can't wait to watch the movie when it comes out. Me too. I really enjoyed about that book because I read it, I think, last year when it like came out. My friend Avery, mm-hmm. shout out Avery, gave it to me um, as a gift because we were obsessed with the Hunger Games in middle school. So she like gave it as an ode to our like past selves, which was really sweet. But I just loved, like, I love when authors like get into the mindset of their like bad guy. Like, I loved seeing the perspective mm-hmm. of President Snow and how he became President Snow, like especially as a young yeah. man. So that was really interesting, and I think it was really well done. So I really enjoyed it. I'm excited to hear what you think about the ending. And it's interesting because, I mean, I didn't like President Snow in the first, like, the normal three Hunger Games books. Mm-hmm. But then sometimes I'm, like, rooting for him in this one. But then you can see him start to change. And, yeah, like, I, I agree totally. Just I love seeing that change and hearing his, how his mind works and his thought process. For sure. And it's so interesting because he's not, like, you know with any character. I mean, some books, I guess they are extremists. But you know that he's got to have some morality in him. It's just, like, what is his motivation to be so cruel and it's so interesting because she does a really good job of explaining like his thought process and kind of his like rags to riches story so i thought it was really good um but as for me i'm still tracking along on lolita i don't know why it's like taking so long for me to get into i think it would be i don't know some books that are really like advertly classics i think i find better in an academic setting so i kind of wish i was reading this in a classroom where i could go in and then like talk about it with people and understand really the nitty-gritty and i did get the copy that has like annotations but the annotations are a little dense and i'm honestly trying to read like la 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 not like really get into it right now so i've been picking up putting it down and so i've also at the same time picked up the book of laughter and forgetting by milan conundra conundra he's one of my favorite like czech french writers he's so like french and weird and abstract and i just eat it up i love all of his books um so it's kind of like a joy read to read that and then switch back and forth between lolita and i'm really enjoying the book of laughter and forgetting he just has a really good way like milan does of like couple one-liners that you're just like oh i want to like highlight this paragraph because it's just it wraps it all up into a nice little bow for me and i find that so satisfying so i love those one-liners yeah it makes it the whole like it makes the book so worth to read like in my opinion so i've been enjoying that i like devoured already that first hundred pages in like a day so that's been good i love that feeling yeah as for any life updates katie calm um not much i um cut out all the fabric for i forget if i already mentioned that last time we recorded it was kind of recently when we recorded last but um cut out all the fabric for my pajamas so i'm going next week to sew it all together so i'm very excited about that um besides that not much just working at the winery serving people wine and talking about life and it's great that's good yeah, for me, I I finally got into a good routine of going to yoga. I found a good yoga studio in Paris that I like, and I'm really proud of myself for prioritizing that again in my life because I just really enjoy that form of body movement, but also the classes are in French, so I'm really putting myself out there, and 
I'm finally got the li- like, it's just such a process I mean when you don't even think about it when you go into a yoga studio in America you're just like hi yeah it's Casey like you check in and then you like they tell you like what you need and you're like okay and then you go to the little locker room but like doing that in a different language when it's not your first language it's really intimidating and like especially in like a gym environment is already really intimidating but all the instructors have been really nice and I finally got to the point where they only speak French to me and the first two times there was a little bit of English back and forth because I was confused where things were and sometimes when I'm like overwhelmed I just slip into English but luckily they're really nice about it so I'm finally like I understand the process of checking in so I'm proud of myself for that and you know I was talking to Katie before we started recording it's like a 30 minute metro there and back so really like getting in the habit of going and making it a priority has really been fun so did that before we recorded today so that's been good um that's fun yeah but you have some book news for us katie tell us about that yes it's an exciting week for romance there's two books that i personally have been looking forward to so much to come out um caught up by liz tom ford is out it came out october 10th and that is the third book and i want to say the windy city series i forget the exact title but she had mile mile high and then right move which i loved especially right move and this is the third one and uh, and i as soon as i finish my current read i will be reading this one so so excited for that one and then hopeless by elsie silver comes out october 13th so by the time this podcast is out it will be out and that will be my read right after caught up because that's the fifth book i think in this series and i have been waiting to hear the romance of this brother for so long so excited so just a, a very fun romancy week especially with the weather getting colder it's just good time to be reading a good romance yeah i'm excited for you because i feel like you've talked about both these books like with me and on the podcast of how excited you are to read them so i'm excited for you you'll probably devour them in like two days <laughs> yeah next time we record i'll give you updates on how they were yeah good good please do um but yeah that brings us to today's topic it's a new reading series that we're doing on for the plot And we say always, like, in the intro, like, how to live your best life, like, the book characters you love. But we're taking that literally now. (laughs) So we're doing literally for the plot's premise. And the first character we chose, we're going to do, like, strong female leads because we're both women. So we want to, like, empower women. And the first one we chose is how to live your life like Hermione Granger. I'm so excited. I mean, I love Harry Potter, and I've always loved Hermione Granger um, just through that. So I can't wait to talk about her personality and how to live your life more like her. Yeah, same. I also, like, always associate fall with the beginning of school. So I feel like now is just Mm -hmm. what better person to, you know, encompass all of those feelings than Hermione Granger, like the best female witch. She's so cool. Also, I just always, obviously because of the movies, think of Hermione Granger as Emma Watson, and I just adore Emma Watson. So (laughs) we're doing good. (laughs) Yeah. Well, shall we get into it? I think we should. Part one, who is Hermione Granger? What are her key qualities? So we can talk about why is she so inspiring and why did we pick her for our very first um, person in this series? Right. So for those who live under a rock, um, she's the main character from, well, one of the main characters from J.K. Rowling's um, Harry Potter series and franchise. She's one of Harry's like really good friends. It's her, Ron, and her, or I was about to say Hermione. Her, Ron, and Harry that kind of go along on all the, like, side quests leading up to the last um, book, Deathly Hollows. So, very exciting. If you haven't read the book series, what are you doing? Um, <laughs> but it's really good. I I reread it, like, two summers ago and loved it. So, and honestly, to be quite honest, I had read, like, maybe the first four books when I was little, but I never had completed them. So I guess I read it for the first time in full, like, one books one through eight last two summers ago. So highly recommend it. It really tied up, like, in a nice bow for me. J.K. Allen is a really good example of foreshadowing. I don't even know how she did that with the extreme, like, magnitude of the, the eight books. Like, they're dense books. They're, like sometimes 700 pages and i don't know how she put in like put in the little hidden clues that you won't under like uncover until book eight like it was just really cool to see that um i i always wonder how much she knew like writing the first book of how it would all play out 
And like, did she know there were going to be seven books? Like, what were what was her thought process? And did she just throw in things that she was like, oh, that may come back? Or as she's writing, she then made it connect? I just, I would love to know more about her process with that. Yeah, that would be really cool. Um, yeah, and also currently, I know I mentioned this in the pod, I've been slowly rewatching the movies just for fall inspo and i and now in the fifth movie i'm gonna watch that this weekend i took some time off last weekend so i'm really in the harry potter spirit so um yeah but uh, as for like hermione's key qualities um she's known as like the brains kind of of the friend group she's very smart um she's in gryffindor so she's you know courageous fearless selfless loyal um reliable but yeah i also thought about um because i recently have been rewatching the movies like i said but i remember reading the books and what really stuck out to me was how much hermione was an advocate for equality with the house elves because that's kind of overlooked in the movies it's not really brought up but it was a big key crucial part of her character development throughout the books is how much she advocated for the house elves like dobby and things like that um so Hermione is a feminist, is basically what I'm getting at. <laughs> I mean, she made that whole, she made that, I don't know if you call it a committee or a group, like you, I can't remember what it stood for. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was for equality for house elves. Yeah, so she was like... And she made, like, Ron and Harry have those badges when no one else, like, wanted to wear them, but she was just so um, confident and, like, this is what she believed in and she was gonna keep talking about it no matter what. yeah. And I also feel like because, again, she's like the intelligent, hardworking one, I feel like there are so many times in the book series and also just how she's emulated in the movies of, like, Harry and Ron would not have gotten very far without her. Like, the way she did her research in the library, like, always had her nose in a book and, like, the best pause. I mean, like, that's what this whole podcast is about. But she just always, like, knew the answers or, like, figured out the potions to help them. And, like, they really would have been down bad without her. Like, I know it's, like you know the wizarding world of harry potter but let's give some credit to hermione because she saved harry's ass multiple times even just in the very first one where she they're trying to figure out about the sorcerer's stone and she like slams that book on the ground like i can picture the scene in the movie perfectly yeah and she's like i picked this up for a bit of light reading <laughs> and then they end up finding like who nicholas Fumel is and they're yeah. able to go and say it's sorcerer's stone like right yeah, they would never have been able to get that far without her. Which one was it again? The second or the third one where she has the, like, timekeeper piece? The third one. The third one. Oh, yeah, the prisoner of Azkaban because Harry's mm -hmm. uncle's in it. Um, but again, like, they wouldn't have been able to save that, like, one of um, Hagrid's creatures in time. They wouldn't have been able to rescue Harry himself from, like getting like the, from the dementors because harry saved himself which was kind of confusing but really badass and cool and um they wouldn't have been able to like get you know his uncle from like from safety so really it was because of her that they saved the day because she's such a badass and i was taking so many classes professor Dumbledore, or was it Professor mcgonagall that gave her the timepiece i think it was mcgonagall actually yeah 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 and then even at the in the last like the Deathly hollows um part where they end up going like they can't basically trying to find all the horcruxes and she's the one that had that bag packed like that mary poppins bag that like they had to leave really quickly from the wedding and she had everything they needed like ron and harry would have been just lost without her so true um but yeah she's also like very empathetic and very very kind i feel like I don't know, as a strong female character written in books, it's really hard to walk the fine line between, like, mothering um, a male character and just, like, being a good friend. But I thought Hermione was, like, did a good job of, like, emulating, like, kindness and, like, empathy towards Harry because Harry's a little orphan boy and she obviously, like, feels really bad for him throughout most of the books because Harry's kind of down bad a lot. And, but she does a good job of not, like, smothering him, you know? And same with Ron. Like, I mean, her and Ron get together. Sorry, spoiler. But she's, like, very much demanding of what she wants, like, with Ron, which I am like, yeah, you get it, girl. Like, Ron's not on your level. <laughs> Love Ron, but you know what I mean? So it was just, like, I think she did a good job. Yeah. Um, and, like, that goes into her, like, independence. I think her independence is her strong suit. Like, that's what kind of levels out the empathy for me. Um, and my example for, like, her being uh, independent was 
when in book four when she like tells Ron that he should have invited her to the Yule Ball and not just assumed no one would have invited her and like just would have like sat sulking waiting for Ron to invite her like first of all that's so brave like who in their right mind these days would tell a man that like and she's like what 14 15 like I would have just been like sulking like oh my god no one invited me to the dance I mean obviously I can't remember that rod like I that invited her. Victor Crumb. Yes, Victor <laughs> The true Harry Potter, one of us actually is here, thank God. Um that is Katie Comp. But yeah, so like how many girls can do that today? Um, hardly ever. And like as she should. That's like as she should energy. She's like telling him like I am beautiful and you should have invited me, but you didn't because you were basically pussy, sorry. Um, you know what I mean? So it's just like wow. That was a good moment. Especially I think that's a good like for young girls to see from a strong female role, which mm-hmm. well done. It's especially because so many younger girls watch this. I mean, don't be wrong, older people do too, but um, younger girls as well. So then, yeah, like being able to see that at such, such a young age and have that impact too. It's really good. Yeah, I think also like this book series is geared towards more children. So even having younger girls reading this, I mean, how old were you when you read this, Katie? See, I didn't read it until high school. Oh, that's right. Like the movies when I was in like elementary school middle school but yeah i never got in like more into it until high school i forgot about that but i know like my friend's little sister got really into it in like third and fourth fifth grade so those are like really yeah like in many school years i was reading it in like um elementary school so i'm definitely younger after yeah so that's basically like your synopsis on hermione granger and why she's really cool um, but now we're going to get into, like, how to emulate her qualities to become, like, Hermione Granger, obviously. Um, how to live your life like Hermione Granger. Yeah. So, step one, embrace your intelligence. Very important. <laughs> yes, don't be afraid to be a nerd. I remember I used to be embarrassed to love learning and, like, going to school and learning new things. Um, but no one should be embarrassed about that. Mm-hmm. Be proud of your brain and your knowledge and being smart and loving to learn and yeah yeah be a ranger in that way and i think like it's especially equally as important in your 20s and even into your 30s i know like kate and i both just graduated college and it'd be very easy to just be like okay cool we're done with education like that was you know we did that check the box move on but it's so important to like continuously learn i mean not just for like your brain health and things like that i mean i know that's a whole other segment with like I mean that's a whole other topic with like Alzheimer's and things in the future but just like constantly learning things is so important because right now like mm-hmm. as we're like young adults entering the like workforce we're you know building the foundations of our career and like constantly adding skills to our repertoire but also just to like keep us engaged actively in life like that's what education is about so continuously learning is such a self-sufficient skill like it's really important and really inspiring like I learned from Katie all the time I try to teach people what I'm learning I'm like oh yeah like I actually like listen to this podcast and this is what I found out so it's just like I don't know it also makes you more like seemingly intellectual when you like speak which is nice so I enjoy that part of it I'm like yes I am smart (laughs) but I also think continuously learning can be outside of the stereotypical book knowledge like what you're learning in school and even going to like social issues or political issues just being more knowledgeable on that and learning more like if you hear something in the news that's being discussed a lot of times like I won't know oh like really what is this about so then I'll listen to a podcast like especially trying to get both sides and be like okay what what is my opinion on this like what are other people saying from both ends of why is this a topic right now currently so he isn't learning in all realms this is like all topics yeah i think that's a really good point i think like to really expand your brain it's really important to hear from the opposite side um and i can give an example of this later but just like constantly looking at all the information given to you especially in this age of social media and things are really biased and just taking a step back and like knowing what you believe but also like it's okay to be like your beliefs being challenged i mean that's part of how you grow is like being uncomfortable and you're not 100 percent right all the time just because you believe it that's not how it works unfortunately so sorry to burst a bubble there but um yeah and i also think 
uh, recognizing that it's okay to change your belief or opinion. Like as you learn more about a topic, then it's okay if you switch how you feel about it. Or like you just as you constantly expand your knowledge, it makes sense that you can change your opinion. Yeah, I think that's really important too because I'm learning my opinions have been changed a little bit. Like they're slowly changing and it's kind of daunting because I'm like, wait, was my dad right about this? <laughs> well, no, I was like, no, you're wrong. <laughs> And now I'm, like, getting humbled, which is all part about learning and, you know, falling on your face. But what are we currently doing to embrace our intelligence, Katie? You you made a list. I made a list we should share. Um, Yeah, you can start. (laughs) So kind of what I was saying earlier with, like, current events, um, with everything happening with Israel and Palestine conflict, I am not the best at history in that to learn more it goes back to like the history and then into current events um just to get the whole picture the whole story and i just wanted to be able to if it came up in like just to know what's happening but also like being able to talk about it if it were to come up when i was with other people and just wanting to be knowledgeable in that current event especially because it's so prominent right now um so i've been listening to a podcast on that that's awesome um, for me, I've been slowly but surely trying to learn about entrepreneurship and becoming a businesswoman. I never took business classes in college or even high school. I hated econ, but just trying to become like more financial, like financial literacy is so important to me now. Like I'm realizing that's really a crucial step in like your independence as a young adult and me like knowing honestly nothing i'm like terrified of it but i'm reading which is kind of my next next like step i'm reading rich dad poor dad which is an insane financial literacy and crucial for like your 20s i highly recommend it it's been really eye-opening and challenging a lot of my beliefs about capitalism and things like that which is really good for me to learn and just learning about how to invest my money and be better about that because i don't understand but i'm learning and that's important so yeah no, I, because you mentioned that book, um, I'm going, I'm going to try to check it out at the library, but it's, um, like a super long hold. So I'm going to buy the book because I also agree and want to be more, more knowledgeable on that. And when starting my first like full-time job and there's all these things about like 401ks and investing and I know nothing. And so I was just wanting to, um, learn more about that and like prepare myself for the future and everything. Yeah. So definitely. Love that one. 100%. Uh, my next thing, I've been really into doing the Daily Wordle and near Time Crossword puzzle. I currently have a 10-day streak, and I it's just part of like my habit every morning while I'm eating breakfast. I do the Wordle, and then I start the crossword, and I finish my coffee as I'm doing the crossword. And since I haven't started my full-time job yet, I have the time to do that, so I'm uh, hoping once I do start my full-time job, I can still make time for that because I really enjoy it and I find myself learning as I'm doing it because with the crosswords, sometimes it's super easy and other times it's like I have no idea what this is, but then I'm learning about um, even just like synonyms of words, like I don't even know what this word means and learning the definition to learning about like some geographical location in the capital of a country I've never heard of. So really even enjoying that. That's awesome. That's really impressive, too. The New York Times crossword is so hard. Um, For me, I'm also listening to podcasts. Podcasts are, like, my favorite thing ever. I listen to a lot of, like, self-improvement podcasts, ones that inspire me to better myself and things like that. So I really, really love Peyton Sarton. Um, Tom Carr is really cool. I just started listening to her. She does a lot of, like, how to get your life together in your 20s, like, women empowerment inspo, which I really enjoy listening to um being here with margaritas kind of talking about stepping into your more feminine side as a woman which i've noticed i really need to start doing because i feel like i've emulated a lot of masculine energy because i'm so independent which isn't a bad thing it's a strength but trying to let in my softer side especially dating ian and wanting him to like step into his more masculine side i mean he's very masculine but knowing that like I can relax and like not have to plan everything or do everything all the time like I can sit back and I don't know it's really it's also challenging my like hyper independence like I'm a feminist first and foremost which I still am but it's helping me learn like oh like it's I am a woman and like these are some things that aren't just like it's not like 1960s housewife but it's like really interesting about how to just like be her and be more like emulate feminine energy which I've been enjoying learning about I have to look into that one. That sounds good. 
my next one is kind of well it's my next one is for my full-time job but I'm starting in like three weeks I think um I have to do five weeks of training before I can do the job on my own since it's working with radio pharmaceutical drugs and like operating a cyclotron and just having that basic knowledge of everything you have to do so I'm really actually looking forward to that training and being back in somewhat of a classroom learning setting and doing more science and when I was preparing for my interview I was doing some background on like researching background on what I would be doing in the job in the lab and it just got me so excited to learn science again and be in the lab and working with chemicals and um, operating the machines in the lab so I'm really excited for that one. That's so cool. Um, For me my last one is I'm obviously learning French and it's an uphill battle, but a good one to fight. Um, okay, so I do Duolingo every day for about 15 minutes. And then I also try to do a Quizlet. Um, I use chat like GPT to, you know, formulate a bunch of topics that I should look up on Quizlet, which is like really nice to help me like just random vocabulary, like around the house and transportation and clothes and things I just need to refresh my brain on. Um so that's been nice. I try to do about three minutes a day. Obviously, I'm speaking French with the family I work for. My comprehension's really good. I also listen to, like, this podcast that's, like, world news, but in French, like, easy French. So it's, they speak a little slower. Um, but just my comprehension's really good. It's just, like, being able to speak back. And also, I have a group of friends, and we get coffee every Thursday, and we speak French together. So that's really good for my practice because it's really intimidating speaking another language to fluent French people. Um, I can always feel my face get really red when the family like all stops to look at me during dinner, but it's really good for me. So, you know, really learning a different language. That's what has been my big goal this year and for next year when I finish up this job. My last one is I've been since I'm living at home, my dad's like a big football guy and I've always enjoyed football like here and there, but now living at home, I'm like getting more into it. So I always watch all the football games with my dad and like asking him questions of, okay, exactly. Like what is his position is what, what is he supposed to be doing? Or if there's a flag, like asking more about that. And I've even been listening to a football podcast and like weirdly, really enjoying it. So I'm really just getting more into football and being more knowledgeable on that. And the other day and last Sunday I went over to like my parents went over to one of their friends house to watch all the Sunday football games that I went with and I was actually like with all the guys watching football and like was keeping up with like oh I can actually contribute to this conversation and like talking about oh, if that should have been a flag or this play and like not just like stereotypically with all the women were sitting over there gossiping so that was really cool and I'm really enjoying learning or getting more into football yeah that's a good moment to have to be like yeah I can I can hang with the people um good for you I learned football the hard way with two older brothers and a dad who loves football. So it's just ingrained in me, I guess. Um, yeah, on to part two of how to be Hermione. Um, be unapologetically ambitious. She's very ambitious. So how can our listeners be more ambitious? I mean, yeah, because she did the time turner like we were mentioning before. Mm-hmm. When she was, well, like 13 at that time, not taking like almost double the classes which is just insane Uh, but just on the time turner aspect um real quick i remember when i first read this again like i studied philosophy in college and i was like we talk about the philosophy of time travel a lot so i was like oh my god like this is not like this is something like you know like what i tried to say um a plot holes there's so many plot holes in this it doesn't make sense but on my second time watching the film recently I was okay. I was like two glasses of wine deep. So like, honestly, that could have been it. But I was like, this is so genius. Like that is so cool for her to be kind of in two places at once. I loved it. I thought it was really well done. So I thought that was really cool and a really good way to like solve her problem of wanting to take so many classes. Again, learning as much as she can, using her resources wisely, knowing that she could handle that, which is really good for her. Um, I was like, wow, that's really, really cool. <laughs> It makes me happy that you found less plot holes. Yes. I just didn't think about it. Conversations before with other time-based books or movies where you're always finding all the plot holes. So it makes me happy that it makes more sense. Um, But how our readers or listeners can be 
um, ambitious Mm -hmm. is taking risks in your careers and just life in general. Like no goal or want in your life is too extreme. Nothing's impossible. Mm -hmm. And we've mentioned this so many times on the podcast before, but imagine your best self and show up as that person and act like that person of who you want to be. And before you know it, that is who you are. So yeah, yeah, don't let anything stand in the way of what you want. Absolutely. And I think like for you to go out and set these ambitious goals, like I think first and foremost, like take some time to reflect, Um, like really like take a values court, like test online, get your core values. I recently in therapy was learning, um, especially with this move, like my therapist and I did some sessions before I came here just to like get things in order. And we did another like values quiz. And she was like, I want you to make decisions based on these values, because whenever you feel you know, frustrated or like angry in your day-to-day life, it's because something that you're deciding is not in line with your values. And that kind of blew my mind. So now I really try to take time like to think about like, oh, do do I, like, which is kind of weird because like my values are like compassion and equality. That's like, okay, well, how can I make decisions based on that? But it's like, like, you know, last night I was feeling really tired. And so this morning, I, you know, came back from, I take the kids to school every morning. I came back, I was really tired and just like, I knew I wanted to go to yoga because I value that, um, like value health, which is like a subcategory of my values anyways. But I was supposed to get coffee with my friends, but I ended up canceling because I was being compassionate towards myself. I wasn't trying to overdo it and like over push myself to be like, no, I need to go speak French for an hour with my friends. Like, yeah, I needed to do that because I want to, you know, learn French, but how am I going to learn French when I'm exhausted? So it's kind of like mm-hmm. taking the, that time to be like, no, I'm going to be compassionate towards me um, and things like that. And from there, you can define your goals. I think after you self-reflect, of course, then like defining your goals based on your values and your what you like really want in life um, and that higher self version that you have and write them down, like get get really specific. I mean, this is kind of going into like manifestation, which kind of goes into like Hermione Granger because she's a witch and magical. But honestly, the more specific I find myself being about like what I want, I get like this is a really weird example, but I told Katie this um, last year on. So every like New Year's Eve, I always write like what I'm going to accomplish the next year. And I put down I'm going to like save $15,000 by the end of this year and have it in my bank account. And within six months, I received a check for $15,000. So it was just really weird that it was that exact amount. And so like I feel really grateful that like like just being really specific about your goals and they can, you know, like that can drive you to make them happen. So mm-hmm. that's kind of my whole two cents about ambitious goals. Like I was, I mean, I didn't have really a job. Like I was working as a waitress, but like that was not going to get me $15,000. So, you know, it's just really setting precise, clear goals for yourself. Um, and I think from there you can break it down to like achievable steps. Like how am I going to do this? Uh, which I do a lot. I break it down, you know, bit by the bit. Like, I'm doing 30 minutes of French every day, so, like, it becomes more manageable because sometimes I just have so many... I'm, like, really overly ambitious sometimes, which is good, but then I have so many things I want to do at once that, like, it gets confusing. So just sit back, digest it a bit, and then, like, you know, go for the goal. But uh, make sure that also, like, within line with ambition that a lot of these goals are going to be outside of your comfort zone, like, you might think, oh, I won't get there. Like, I mean, if you told me, hell, five years ago, I'd be living in Paris, I'd be like, what do you mean? Um, That's terrifying, which, yeah, kind of is, but I love it here. Um, But growth happens outside of your comfort zone, honestly, only. Like, really? It- <laughs> so this is usually where the ambition lies, is that, like, thought of, oh, I could see myself living in Paris. And then really formulating, like, how am I going to get there? How What does that look like? How could I make it achievable? And, I mean, really, I, to make this happen for me, I mean, I'm working as a nanny, which, like, maybe isn't that glamorous, but my rent is paid for, and I get my groceries for free, and I get money on top of that. Like, it's really nice, you know? So it may, it may not be the shiny, flashy job out of college that we all thought, is the goal but i'm still in my dream city and that's the goal itself so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i feel like a lot of goals like you were saying like living in um paris and learning french like that's your big overall 
like overarching goal but then finding the steps like okay how am I going to make that happen and then what could I do every day just like the smallest little thing or like once a week to get to that goal and almost having like steps like okay this is going to happen in like one year but in one month I want this and three months this six months like to keep on track and going back and reflecting okay like have I reached there do I need to work more on this topic um am I like getting ahead to get to that goal and just even like whatever goals you want you can start from the most basic of just like checking out books or reading up more on it with going back to like knowledge and Mm -hmm. um, learning more about just that general area so then you can see okay how do I want to get to that goal and just doing little things every day that will add up to reaching those goals absolutely i also think there's a good like chart you can look up called smart goals like s-m-a-r-t smart um that stands for specific measurable achievable relevant and time-bound goals and these worksheets you can literally google online like break it down easier for you to like write like okay like my goal is to become bilingual i want it like i want to be fluent in french and i want to be able to speak two languages and so breaking down my goals like okay i'm gonna do 30 minutes like i took classes in college to get like better to like refresh my memory because i took it in high school um this summer i honestly didn't make time for it but you know that's okay you know because i knew i was moving to france um but yeah, I knew that, like, honestly, to become fluent, I needed to be exposed to the language every day in what better place than Paris. Um, yeah. And I'm lucky and fortunate enough that the family I work for allows me to speak French with the kids, which isn't typically normal. Usually families in Paris will hire English nannies to speak English with the kids to help the kids learn English. But my family's more concerned about me bonding with their kids, so... I speak both, but I really try to speak as much French as possible. Um, and it's really nice because, like, a four-year-old who I really look after is teaching me French. I mean, he, I'm, like, kind of at the same level as him because, you know, like, we're both, like, kid-brained because I'm learning a new language. And it's actually really nice because it's also someone who won't judge me because he's learning the same language. And sometimes he'll correct me, but I actually find it really endearing because he's like, oh, you mean this? And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, thanks. Like, it's just the way they pronounce it and things like that. Um, um, but then I also have to remind myself that the parents correct the kids in front of me. Like, they're all learning the language. So I'm, like, just there. And it's just so nice to be... It's just about putting it in your mouth, like, as for language goes. Um <laughs> But yeah, I also think like for me with my overtly ambitious self, I think having to parent yourself is really important, which is kind of a weird thing to say. But obviously, like what I was talking about earlier, like financial literacy, like being better about my money and like saving my money because I want to, you know, move to New York eventually. That's like a goal of mine. Um Obviously, like my four-year-old self, my inner self, child wants all the shiny gold you know fancy things like i really want like all the nice things life has to offer but you know just because you want something doesn't mean and like you can afford it doesn't mean you have to have it right then and there and i'm learning that a lot of the life lessons just come back to patience with me so instant gratification is not where it's at especially in this day and age it's so overdone we get everything we want all the time like our phones we get so much media, we get so much news, everything all at once, That like that movie. <laughs> um, but patience is really a virtue. So like hard work pays off and it's so much more rewarding to save up for something you really want or know that I won't be fluent with in French in a month and it will take me a year. And that's like really rewarding, even though I want to be fluent now and it drives me crazy. Like um, all these goals, like it makes it so much more worth it when it does take time and let them take time because that's building something, you know? So, yeah, for sure. And then you can look back and see like the journey was that, that cheesy quote, I guess the journey, not the destination. I know I always roll my eyes at that, but it's so true. <laughs> um, and also one last thing on this ambition part, um, I saw this stat and it has changed the way, especially when I was um applying for jobs like these past back last summer and past few months, um, is that a lot of women when they see when they're applying for a job and it has like qualifications that you're supposed to have, if women don't meet all of those, they're like, Oh, I don't qualify for this job, they won't apply. But men will be like, Oh, I'm gonna apply anyways. And a lot of times if you have other good qualities, they can 
And just because you don't like any one of the like bajillion qualities, you can still get the job. Um, so just be ambitious and sign up, apply for everything, even if you maybe don't meet all the qualifications, but you're still a good applicant and you have other things on your resume. Um, so don't let like one thing stop you from uh, getting some dream job that then changes like the trajectory of your career, mm-hmm. your life. That's really good advice. I ditto that. Um, on to part three of how to be Hermione Granger. The power of friendship. Friendship is very important to Hermione. She's a very good friend. Um, she sometimes could be closed-minded, um, but Harry and Ron helped her, you know, expand the possibilities and open her mind a bit. So friends can really help you, you know, expand your mind a bit and push back on some of your beliefs, which is good. Yeah. And they can, um, yeah, help you grow and see other perspectives that you wanted to see without being surrounded by those people. I mean, Harry and Ron were a lot more, um, I don't even know if imaginative's the right word. I just feel like Hermione's very logical and like, oh, well, this is what, oh, okay, so I, which one was it? The Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. When Harry has the Half-Blood Prince's book for potions and there's all like that that extra writing that you find out later is spoiler alert Snape's um old book mm-hmm. and he kind of changed it changed some of the um instructions for like the recipes for the potions and so Harry's doing things for the potions that isn't exactly how the book was like instructed to make that potion and he ends up making the potion correctly and then Hermione's like following like each structure and Harry's like no we'll do it this way but Hermione like wants to stay on exactly what it's saying to do um so I guess long-winded way of saying that Hermione was a lot more like this is what it says to do this is what I'm going to do um but Ron and Harry were a lot more like oh I'll just kind of do it my own way so like obviously you don't want to be like extreme of either of those but being able to be exposed to both of those mindsets um by them being friends it's very um, helpful and helps both of them grow absolutely also like friendship just gives you a sense of belonging and purpose and they hold you accountable and also motivate you i think i always say this to myself like your family is what you're born with but like your friends are what you like the family create so friends are really good to like build you up and especially with me going to college so far away from home like in iowa from texas like, my friends were really crucial to making me feel at home in Iowa, and that's why, like, immediately when I moved to Paris, I knew that I had to go out and seek friends. And that's so important to do in your 20s if you've just graduated college and have maybe moved to a new city and maybe you're feeling lonely. Like, really pushing yourself out there because it's not, I mean, I've learned that in Paris, it's really difficult to make new friends without classes and societies and clubs and sports teams and things that are so easy in school. But without the foundations of school, like, yeah, like you could make friends at work, but you want some friends outside of your workplace, you know? Like I've been using Bumble BFF, really helpful um, just to put myself out there. I honestly have done the old school. I see people in the park and I'm like, hey, want to be friends? Like, it's so intimidating. But honestly, the two girls that I like find are most like me. I, I went up to them and was like, hey, I hear you're speaking English. Like, can we get coffee sometime? And they're both out Paris from the UK and they're so, so lovely. So it's just really putting yourself out there sometimes. And like, I mean, Katie and I met because we were studying abroad together. So that would have never happened. And she was like the best friend I've ever had. So... It's just really putting your son out there. It goes a long way. Yes, for sure. And I think it's so important in your 20s to find people who have the same values as you. And it's okay if those people aren't the same people that you were really close with in high school or even college once you graduate from college. Um, If you want that route, just because you're constantly changing. So it makes sense if your friends change with that. And then as you're finding your values finding friends with those same values um and just how can like finding the support through those people it's so important especially at this age yeah absolutely i feel like for me i've never had okay well i can't really say that i've always had a lot of friends but not super in-depth friendships that i tend to navigate towards like i have i guess you could just call them acquaintances i know a lot of people and i always say hi to them and i get coffee with them occasionally but 
a lot of the times I feel end up feeling drained from those interactions because they're not really true to themselves and therefore true to me. So I don't really like putting all my eggs in one basket, quote unquote. Like I have different levels of friendship. So I have like friends that are good for a night out or friends who are good to get a coffee with or, you know, like my Katie Comp, who's like my other half and like things like that, that I really just like filter through. Um, I really think about when I hang out with someone for the first time, like, do they, you know, make me feel recharged after? Like, how do I feel after? Do I feel depleted? Do I feel like good, average? Do I feel excited? Did they inspire me? Did I stay true to myself the entire time hanging out with them? Um, will they like foster my goals and my creativity and things like that? And I usually know how I feel about someone after like one to two times hanging out with them one-on-one. Um, and that's not to be like, okay, um, it's really awkward and we have nothing to talk about. Like maybe the other person's just shyer than you or something, you know? But they say, yeah, Katie was pretty shy when we first met. Um, but honestly, like it takes time and that's okay. Like you're not going to be best friends on the second friendship date. Like you got to really work on it and get to know each other. Um, you know, like you're not going to know everything about someone on the after three times of hanging out. I mean, that's just absurd. That goes the same way with romantic relationships. You got to kind of friendship date to find a good friend which is kind of weird to say but um something that i a quote that i love it's by eleanor roosevelt but she said um great minds discuss ideas average minds discuss events and small minds discuss people so i kind of use that whenever i'm like meeting people for the first time especially like i don't get me wrong i love a good gossip sesh like i'm you know a 22 year old girl and i'm you know you know a basic person but um i find that if i you know it's a lot of the, it just depends on what the kind of gossip is like is it negative do i feel like oh like this person's being really judgmental towards this woman like really not cool with that or is it like oh my gosh did you hear so and so and so and so or like back together love that kind of stuff um but then i really feel inspired like talking about like oh what are you doing to like help your career like my friend Avita is starting her own like photography business and that's how she did a photo shoot for Ian and I and then also when Katie and I went to California she like took some film of us but I just like love talking to her because I'm like I'm so inspired because you're like also like girl boss woman and that inspires me and then like when Katie and I chat we talk about jobs career ambitions things like that it's just like like it keeps the ball rolling for me i'm like excited after i talk to like katie or Vita. i'm like oh my gosh i'm so inspired to like create something right now so um yeah i just also think it's normal that as i've gotten no older i think my circle of friends has gotten smaller like the trustworthy friends that i feel excited about like that like truly my best friends are katie my boyfriend ian and my mom like Avita is included too, but um, like it's just really like small circle and I honestly feel better about that because I know I could call them at any time and they would pick up. I know there's a time difference, but besides that, like I know that they would be there for me. I have no doubts in my mind. Whereas other friends, I'm like, yeah, they're good for a night out, but like I know that I would have to get the Uber alone by myself, so I won't get that drunk. Yeah. You know, like things like that. You just gotta look out for yourself because truly you're the best friend to yourself that anyone can be, so... Mm-hmm. yeah yeah I love that I feel like I going back to the Eleanor Roosevelt quote I judge my friendships with people based off of like can we have a good deep conversation like mm-hmm. deeper topics about life and I remember one of the first few times we hung out um we were talking about like religion and having these really deep meaningful conversations and I was like, okay, yeah, this is going to be a good friend if we can barely know each other, but have these types of discussions. Um, and I always feel like whenever I would leave hanging out with you, it was like I was inspired to like, oh, I've always like in the back of my mind thought maybe I'd do this with my life. But now I feel like I can do that and I want to do that and just feeling so inspired. And so that definitely um, love that about our friendship. Me for sure. sure. Thank you. Yeah. On to part four of how to be Hermione Granger, time management and organization skills. My bread and butter, honestly. Uh, I couldn't go through life without it. <laughs> yes. Um, get yourself a planner. I don't care. It's 2023. Yeah, a planner is like my pride and joy. That's it. Got it. 
so many times a day i would be lost without it same and like i'm not saying you have to go old school like katie and i get the paper planner but it's actually so fun because you can color code it and highlight it and cross things off manually with your hands and it's so satisfying i look forward to on sundays when i plan out my week and i get all my colorful markers stand and i look at my calendar and saying it all in it's my favorite thing but as i'm a crazy person my paper planner and google calendar because the bitch is back um yeah i kind of insane when it comes to like planning my time i blame my all girls private high school for this one um shout out ursuline but yeah i yeah i have a written planner i use daily but as for like my day-to-day hourly routine i block out my time from 7 in the morning to 11 p.m monday through friday um and then like saturday and sunday i kind of just fill in like apps but it's not as insane but i do like schedule in rest time which my friends think is crazy like i don't just leave it blank i have a block that's like rest or shower or breakfast um and this is just because i have so many ambitious goals that when I first got to France I was kind of like living day to day like okay whatever I feel like and that like stressed me out because I have this problem where if I don't like finish something like I can't like oh I finished learning French like that's insane but as an example um that I didn't do it like I like I can't just be like oh I studied for 30 minutes like that's good enough so Putting it in a timetable like way on Google Calendar helped me be like, oh, I did accomplish something because I worked on the like for the podcast for two hours and then mm-hmm. I did 30 minutes of French and then I read for an hour and it like helps me like order my objectives for the day like better. And I'm also like writing a new book. So like scheduling that writing time, that's like non-negotiable, which is really important for all you writers out there. Having non-negotiable writing time crucial, but putting that into my calendar is like, amazing and just putting like on my to-do list for the day like write i'm like okay what does that mean but i know like on mondays from 10 to 12 i'm writing you know so kind of insane um one thing i love about our friendship is we're both like this with planners Mm -hmm. so when we talk about um oh let's like hang out this week it wouldn't just be like oh yeah like maybe friday maybe saturday we'd be like okay like what time i want to like pencil it into my calendar so when it gets to that point like i can prepare for like that time and I schedule my week around it so I really love that yeah it makes me like anxious when it's like I think I'm doing something at this time at the same but it could be later it could be early it's so hard when your friends like aren't also planners like Avita's also the same way where she like needs like a week out in advance like like we literally pencil it in first and then we confirm and then we write in pen type vibe like that's how it goes but like with yes. like katie and avita it's like i know the time and the place i know what time it's usually ending like because i usually especially when i was in college i like booked out my plans like i had multiple friends i need to see in the night and that's just like goes a long way because you're respecting my time i'm respecting yours we're also like prioritizing each other because one of my love languages is quality time so it's like mm-hmm. it feels good um but as, like, for me, with my Google Calendar from 7 a.m. to 11 p.m., um, value balance and self-care and your, you know, ambitious goals and your dreams, time management and organization is crucial, but it's nothing without self-care. And avoiding burnout is really important. I am not really good at this, to be quite frank. I've been trying to, like, balance myself for, like, three years now, every year for new year's i'm like oh yeah this year i'll be more balanced and i really try like i've done a better job at self-care definitely from where i used to be but i remember i had a friend like three years ago tell me like she saw i think my schedule and saw how insane it was and saw all the things i was doing it was just like wow just make sure you're not burning the candle from both ends because i was working full-time i was going to college full-time and then i had a full-time social calendar and i was just like go 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 like you can sleep when you're dead don't think like that i'm notoriously like a grandma now i sleep all the time i like need my eight hours or i can't function um but now i know like okay i can be home alone one night a week and make watch a movie and rest like that is my self-care like it's good for me. Yeah. Um, I usually do it on Fridays, which people are like, what? Friday? Like, you're in Paris. Go out. But it's like, no, I need my, like, recuperation time after dealing with screaming children for a week. Like, it's good for me. Yeah. Um, and if you recharge your own battery, then you're a better friend and um, person to hang out with. Exactly. Like, do you go out and be social. Exactly. 
So yeah, schedule in some me time. That's really important. That's why my my calendar has a little block of blue. I know that's time for me to rest, read a book, watch TV, chill. Mm-hmm. But I do have to schedule that time or else I won't do it. So for this perfectionist, it, that. yeah, so that I feel like my process is like for the perfectionist that like can't handle rest because it's not productive. I'm more just like addicted to productivity, which I realize. Um, but putting it in my calendar, like rest that I know, like, okay, I need to, like, take time to myself, and I do it. So you're right. It is good that I know that. Part five? Yes. How to live your life like Hermione Granger. Embracing your individuality and self-expression. So we've kind of already mentioned about how um, encourage, like, Hermione is very much herself, unapologetically so, with um, advocating for the house selves, and she was always speaking up in class, no matter if she answered every single question, she did not let that stop her from raising her hand. You know. Um, yeah, so this is really just about like self-acceptance, body positivity, and the importance of self-expression. So yeah, this is your sign to get the tattoo if you want a tattoo. Um, yeah, but to be quite frank, like honestly, my self-love journey probably started about three years ago, four years ago now. Um, it's just so easy these days to fall into the crowd of hating yourself. It's so easy to hate on yourself, but it's actually way easier to love yourself. Um, like my life is exhausting to hate yourself. It is so exhausting to hate yourself. Exactly. And with loving yourself, like I just feel lighter. I feel freer. It's just easier. Like it, it took obviously like just changing a lot of habits like I unfollowed a lot of people I maybe compared my body to on social media I did a whole social media cleanse like does this person make me feel good do I like self like if you're thinking about like oh what will this person think about my Instagram posts unfollow them make them unfollow you that's that's not the point I mean that is the point of social media but that's not how I use social media I don't care what people think about me anymore because I did like get rid of that mindset I also started doing those daily affirmations, which were freaking horrible because I would say them out loud to myself in the mirror, looking myself in the eyes. Talk about being vulnerable. But telling yourself that you're beautiful every day for 90 days, I don't even know how many days it takes to make a habit, then you really start believing that. And that's like really amazing. We've talked about self-dating, taking yourself on self-dates, very important for confidence and like you know showing up for yourself um i also am an intuitive eater so i eat until i'm full um which is interesting not that many people know about it but i love intuitive eating (laughs) um i also changed the mindset of like oh i need to work out to like oh my body feels like movement today you know (laughs) um also like if you're walking a lot like on college campuses like that's a form of body movement like take care of yourself rest like (laughs) just because it doesn't look like a workout like in quotes it's still body movement and you're still moving your body so just be mindful um and like almost like taking a step back and being like the whole point is to like make yourself feel better like do you feel mentally and physically better after doing that or not and if you don't then don't do it exactly just take a step back analyze see like do i really want to continue this or am i just doing this because i feel like i have to uh i also just think there's a difference between you know, doing that like really powerful body movement class and feeling really energized and strong after or just feeling exhausted and depleted and like you can't do anything for the rest of the day. Like check out, maybe you shouldn't be doing that class every day, maybe every couple days, maybe once a week. Like, are you feeling your body properly? Like, are you like these things that we are so ingrained in I think American culture and diet culture, it's just not the norm. Like, our body is a vessel it's made to live and sustain life with you and yes you can like fuel it properly and like make it stronger but you can also really harm it by going overboard so just it's a it's a balancing act like everything is uh i remember too but i felt like i had to eat salads i don't like salads to be quite honest now i see this salad here and there but honestly i don't like salads so i'm not going to eat a salad yeah and just realizing that and you're just so much more happy yeah exactly that's part of like one of the 10 um columns or pillars the 10 pillars of intuitive eating i talk about like honor your cravings like if i feel like a hamburger i'm gonna eat a hamburger because the less likely you are to deplete it the less likely it becomes something like oh my gosh i can't have it and i feel guilty when i eat it and 
and like restricting never ends no like if like you want a cookie just eat the cookie like it's fine mm -hmm. um but like yeah i honor my cravings i eat anything i want it's food freedom because food is fuel all food is there's no good or bad food it's all made for you um i also started looking at you know beauty queens and things that actually looked like me like do i think zendaya is the most beautiful girl ever yeah i have a crush on her i think she's gorgeous but i know that i'm not going to look like her my body type is not zendaya body type so i'm not going to do zendaya's workout routine and eat like zendaya because our bodies are different i'm more of like a curvy figure body so i follow people that are more curvy and like look at what they're wearing like i've gotten told that i look like marilyn monroe that's such a compliment you know I'm just like, what did she wear? What could I do to emulate her? Especially when I had my blonde hair. But just like dressing for your body type is so good and like makes you feel good because you look better. You present yourself better, but you're not like, stop trying to be someone you're not. You're not going to squeeze into that, you know, frame or figure. Like you, your body was made perfectly for who you are. I also just love like thinking about um, like your face is, I know, what's the quote? It's like, um, your face is like proof that, thousands of people fell in love and like created people before you because that's like how generations go so it's like your face is a mix of so many people who loved each other and so that's like really beautiful and so it's like whenever I feel like have a self-conscious day because this happened I try to be more you know self-compassionate take time to myself don't look into a mir mirror to like scrutinize and also just remember that like my living breathing body is an example of like love that has happened over generations so mm -hmm. and like your body got you to where you are today and honestly the what, what you were saying about dressing for your body type that was a game changer for me because feeling more confident and comfortable in my clothing mm -hmm. then you feel more comfortable and confident and just then the way you express yourself is just so much better than if you're like oh i don't really like how like not every style trend or style is meant for every body type and that's okay i always think about um oh yeah greek and roman um the marble sculptures in a lot of museums that's one of my favorite exhibits to go to in um any museum that has those and none of those women are like stick thin no they have curves they have some rolls and they're beautiful and they are the body icon i mean that's why they're in the museums so yeah remembering that as well that's yeah really true also just going back to what you're saying about dressing for your body type that reminds me of our episode eight the summer we turned pretty because you were talking about how your clothes are made for you and not your meant yeah. not like you are not what, what was the you're not meant to fit clothes clothes are meant to fit you that's right yeah so like if you try on a pair of jeans and they don't fit you it's the jeans fault not your body's fault exactly you're seeing all these like celebrities in clothing that looks flawless it's because they have people making that, those clothes to fit their body type mm -hmm. whereas like the average everyday person unless you're like altering your clothes you would go to the store and buy a pair of jeans that just has like x amount of sizes and not really any other um differences between all these different body types so just remembering that as well absolutely but yeah as to wrap up today's episode we're going to talk about what we're going to do this week to live like hermione granger so katie what are you going to do <laughs> i feel like i've kind of already been doing this this week so continuing this but i'm currently in one of those moods that i get in every once in a while where i like always have a book on me and i'm constantly reading like i made dinner earlier this week and it was just like a pasta dish. But I was reading my book like as I'm boiling the pasta and mixing in the sauce and everything. <laughs> just because like whenever I get a book that's just that good, I don't want to put it down. Um, so I just feel like that's very Hermione Granger-esque. And then also just not letting, not when talking about something I'm doing, not downplaying it at all. <laughs> and acting like timid when it's like, oh yeah, this is what I'm doing because I feel like like being confident like this is what I'm doing I'm really excited about it because I feel like a lot of times when you're telling someone about something and you say it in like a timid non-confident way you're like inviting them to feel that way yeah about it as well yeah and like bringing in that energy where if you talk confidently about it then that like you're setting the standard of like this is what I'm doing mm -hmm. so really trying to remember that whenever I talk about anything i like that i'm gonna do that too i'm gonna start doing that 
um yeah this week i'm going to take myself to dinner and read my book i've been wanting to do this but i haven't made the time for it i've been making excuses but we're done with that i'm going to take myself on a final like self-date finally and i'm going to finish both my books i need to be back on my reading game i'm also tired of like lolita i'm sorry i need to finish it so i've been really wanting to go to a bookstore lately um and buy like maybe a french book that would be like easily digestible so i'm gonna reward myself for finishing my two books to go to the bookstore i also want to get a library card here um that's on my list to do but i feel like that's really hermione-esque and my friend talked about how she got her library card and that she would take me to the library maybe this weekend so i'm gonna follow up with her and be like hey can we actually do that um because i honestly that would kind of save me some money so that would be good but i feel like that's very hermione-esque and then i'd have my cute little french library card forever <laughs> For sure. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah. Um, so yes, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I know I did. This was really fun. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for listening. Yes, thank you for listening. And I hope you live your week and your life like Hermione Granger and just be unapologetically yourself in whatever way that is. Absolutely. That's a good way to end it on. But you should definitely follow us on social media at FTPX Podcast. That's both on Instagram and TikTok. We've been having a lot of fun making content, so go check us out there. And then Katie and I's Instagrams and Goodreads will be linked in the comments below. But definitely leave a comment about what you're going to be doing for yourself this week to live like Hermione Granger. And we'll talk to you next Tuesday. Thank you. Thank you.